Look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but you all asked for it, and it's finally here. We finally created a space for us to come together every day and have these kinds of conversations. Not just be a fly on the wall and listen, but actually be in the room talking to one another, throwing ideas back and forth about mindset, business, entrepreneurship, growth, the books we're reading, the conferences we're going to, the conferences we're hosting, everything under the sun that has to do with entrepreneurship. You name it, we're talking about it. That's right, morningmindsetcoffee.com. Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, we're getting together with entrepreneurs from all over the world so that we can grow together. You heard it a million times over. Your network is your net worth. So for $1, you can get into a room that will change your life. What are you waiting for? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Now back to the episode. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, strategies, and stories of successful entrepreneurs, investors, and just high achievers so that together we can learn from their mistakes, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, former parkour athlete, now real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I am on a mission to become a multimillionaire before 30, just so I could teach others how to do the same. Today, my guest is a gentleman who represents that opportunities still exist for people who are willing to dream big and take action. He came from a small town in Michigan, is a former rapper, which I just found out. He's a current entrepreneur, and he has this amazing superpower that allows him to get aligned with some powerful and intentional leaders across multiple industries. He and I met a few months back at a local real estate meetup hosted by Ryan Zolan, and I immediately could feel the positive energy just vibrating off of this guy. We got to talking and I learned that he headed marketing with Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins during the launch of their Knowledge Broker Blueprint, which funny enough was the first digital course I ever actually purchased. So in today's episode, we're going to deep dive into his origin story. We're going to learn what life was like coming from a small town, how he made the transition into a new marketplace, the importance of proximity to the right people, what difference marketing makes in your business, the mindset needed to grow and thrive in a changing environment, and what he's currently working on with Ryan Zolan and the launch of their investor agent. So I'm looking forward to this interview. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Jake Serini. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. (laughs) Dude, Jake, welcome to the show, bro. I'm glad to have you here, man. Yeah, no, it's been some time coming. I appreciate that. I think it's been like like two or three months now since that first time we met at the meetup, right, in Tempe. Yeah, bro. You know, that's like the fun thing, though. It's like when you meet cool people, like I nowadays know that when I meet someone, there's a difference between someone that I'm going to see once and probably never see them again. And then other people, you just catch that vibe. It's like, I know I'm going to keep seeing you like on the journey. And (laughs) you're absolutely one of those people. we keep uh, bumping into each other at, at meetups, uh, saw each other in Vegas. I mean, yeah. uh, it, you know, we, we run the same circles for sure. Dude, I love it. So, yo, let's dive into your origin story, bro, because okay. I'm not sure if I got my information correct, but I'm doing some research and I'm like, yo, this guy used to be a rapper. <laughs> like, I was just like, what? Yeah, you know, man, um, I don't, sometimes I feel like I should quit telling people about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It, it, it really... Uh, who I am now is, uh, has a lot to do with, with what I did during those days. You know, a, a lot of the things that are kind of second nature to me at this point in my life, it came directly from, you know, the, the skill sets that I, I built during those days. So like now, like I'm 36, uh, you know, I live in the suburbs of Phoenix. I got a wife, I got an eight year old, he plays hockey. Like I'm a, I'm a real ass dad, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so like day to day, I, I don't feel like a, like a former rapper. So like, you know, when I talk to you and you bring it up, it makes me, makes me blush a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that's cool as hell. Like, honestly, it's like, it's, you know, what it was when I found out, I was just like, wow, like I love this guy even more because that's someone that follows after what their dreams are. So I'm curious for you, right? Like, you know, yeah. you're, you're 34, you said, right? 36. What did 36? You look 34, bro. You look young. You. You. <laughs> so what did you see for yourself like in life when you were like younger? And as you were thinking about like, hey, I, as I get older, because you came from a small town. And recently I met someone else from a small town at a growth conference in Miami. And she was telling me her town had 600 people, which is like <laughs> mind blowing to someone that grew up in like the heart of New York. Yeah. No, no. Is that where you grew up? New York? Yeah. New York. Yeah, man. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I'm on the same page as her. So like uh, the town that I grew up in right now has probably got like a, a thousand, maybe 1100 residents in it. Uh, my high school graduating class had 36 students. Um, <laughs> you get to know them very well. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I grew up in a small town. So like to be a rapper is very, very unique. Uh, not a lot of people in Northern Michigan in the middle of nowhere, like are like one day, like, yo, I'm gonna make rap music. But I was like the very first generation that had technology the way that we have it now. The fact that we could do this and we could just set all this stuff up, like we're in the same city, but like we're in different place on different sides of the city, but like, we're still doing this, you know what I mean? So it's like my generation was the first one to realize like, oh man, all of this technology that like we're hearing about, we can use this to do the things that we want to do. So like my journey with rap goes five years, even before I started doing music. Right. Because like, I always knew I wanted to do music, but just like where I am at my career now, like I had no idea how I have no idea how I got here. Like, I didn't know how I got there either. Cause like one day I was 15 and like, I'm like taking all my, the way I started with music is like, I would take my favorite songs at the time and I would just like rewrite the lyrics, like with my, and, and like change them. So it's like my own life. So like the cadences were there and the flows were already there. And I would just like change the words to like, talk about me and my friends kind of right. Yep. Um, one of them was an old song by I used to do a bunch of Nelly songs back in the day. Like Let's go. I, I was like 14 when Nelly came out, you know, 13, maybe even. So like, that's how that started. So like the way I learned flow and I learned how to like work beats and things like that is just from like adapting these songs. So like I could go to school and like impress my friends, like, Hey, watch, watch this, you know? And then like junior high would come and then like, we would do like talent shows and I would rap and kill it. And like, you know, then I became, known for that like in this little town so at some point you realize that kind of feels good you know yeah uh, so you're like all right well I really enjoy this and it makes me feel great like how do I do more how do I do more things that make me feel good about myself right it's the name of everything it's what I'm doing now you know it's just chasing something right so I uh, got a little bit older and the way that music really started popping off for me is like people like, when MySpace was popular right that's that was really Ooh. like that was that's how long ago like the origins of it and it all started like at that time period because people would like you'd be able to like put these text box in people would be able to reply to them it's very common for us now everything we do there's like comments and you can reply right. to the comments and we don't even think about it but back then that was a very unique thing so people would me and my friends would like type out raps like 16 bar raps like just talking crap about each other right like <laughs> Man, this guy's like, his girlfriend doesn't let him hang out. And this guy sucks at blah, 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 you know? And we would literally like type out the raps. And and this chain got like a hundred raps deep of like just me and like four or five friends going back and forth, just insulting each other terribly, you know? <laughs> um, I, I hope that has been scrubbed off of MySpace at this point in my life. I assume it has, but it might be out there somewhere. Um but yeah, that's how it started. And then one day me and my friends were just chilling and I had a computer and a computer microphone, like one of those ones that came on like the long stick back. Oh in the my day. God. Dude, I remember those, bro. Yeah, dude. And we like literally held the stick. Those little like hand. plastic ones. Like they were like, yeah. made, dude, I, oh my gosh. We'd have like a little bass and it would come out. Yeah. yeah, dude. So, um, we, uh, we illegally downloaded a recording software off of the internet and we used that little microphone. And then we we're like, you know what? Like, let's take these things we've been typing and like, we're going to really get him this time because we're going to record it and then we're going to send it to him the song. And then he's going to hear us talking about him. And, and then that just, you know, unleashed the floodgates because that was even more fun than what we were already doing. We were just having <laughs> fun talking bad about each other. And now all of a sudden we had this thing that was, that was even more fun to do. And, uh, and, and it just, it became addicting. So like that just snowballed into everything else happened for like the nine years after that. That's insane, right? So you essentially like fell into it by just you're following your passion. Like you were just like acting, acting on that, which is like, I want to highlight that for a second, because it's something that I see people, you know, kind of struggle with, you know, chasing after just the thing that brings them pleasure. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you're saying like you and your friends, like we're just doing this, doing this, doing this, like writing out lines and lines and lines, bars, and you're actually wrapping it and like just progressing and evolving it. And some people might look like, oh man, you have to be really disciplined to keep showing up and like learning how to rap. It's like, not when you're having fun with it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the same with everything now though. Right. Yep. Yeah. So 
So what was the transition, right? So you, you chased after rap, right? You had fun doing that. Where did that lead you to? Because you've come a far away. Like I really, like, I literally didn't even know you were like associated with rap until I had to start doing yeah. some research, some background on you. And I was like, holy crap, you know, so you've come a far away since then. So what was that trajectory? Like after rap, where, where did it lead you? Okay. So where it led me is because of what I had to learn how to do to be able to do rap. So again, like living in a small town in the middle of nowhere, it was just me and my four or five friends that were doing this. Like uh, there were no resources, right? Um, You couldn't even YouTube how to do things yet at this point, right? It was literally just trying error. Um, YouTube didn't come out for like, I was rapping for probably two or three years before YouTube even came out, man. Um, There's a kid scratching his head right now. Like, what do you mean YouTube wasn't a thing? Yeah. (laughs) How do you you learn stuff? Yeah, Yeah, man. But so like what I had to learn how to do was everything. I had to learn how to make my own beats. I had to learn how to write my own raps. I had to learn how to use the program to record them. Okay. And now all of a sudden we got to a point where we would make songs and they weren't about our friends. Now they were just about our lives and like the things we were doing and wanted to do. And, you know, you could imagine how some of that went, which I was, <laughs> you know, 19 to 21 at the time, you know, it was, a little, it was a fun time period in my life, but um, you know, I had to learn how to do all of that. And then we got to the place where we had the opportunities to do shows and we played show tons and tons and tons of shows over the years. But at the very beginning of that, I had to make the flyers. So I had to learn graphic design, right? I had to learn how to put this together. I had to learn how to go to Staples and get the flyers printed. I had to learn how to approach business owners and say, Hey, can I put this flyer for a rap show on your, on the window of your bakery? (laughs) uh, And it was just, it was so fun. It was so fun that I never for a second thought I'm doing this for free. I never for a second thought like this isn't going to lead. Like I wasn't trying to make a job. I wasn't trying to be a rapper. It was just so fun. That's all I wanted to do. And all I could think about was how to continue doing that more often. Right. And then that just steamrolled from there, man. Right. So by the time I was like, let's just say like done rapping, like I was done rapping before I was done rapping. Like, like the last like couple of years was like, I would do these shows and they got really big at the end and there'd be like, you know, a few hundred people there and be packed and the bars would give the performers all the free tap beer you could drink unlimited (laughs) tap beer, the whole show. Right. And, you know, like I was in my early twenties and singles and I, I really, really took advantage of that. (laughs) Like the last couple of years, it wasn't about the fun. And in fact, the last couple of years, it wasn't about the music. It kind of was only about the fun. And it was, it was like, I built my, this persona for myself, you know, and, and like, I didn't want to lose that. And then like, I met a chick at a bar and then like, she never went away. And now she's my wife <laughs> and my kid's mom. And, you know, like, so like once I met her, like I kind of stepped away from that a bit, but then stepped away. Now all of a sudden I have all of the skill set, right? I know how to graphic design. I know how to record audio i know how to do all of these different things right and i kind of just took that into the future with me so i i like that right i like that a lot because here's something i noticed like a lot of times i speak with people all the time about like you know kind of like hey should i do this or should i do that and i find that oftentimes they're afraid to make a decision and pull the trigger because they feel like if i choose this right i'm gonna lose out on you know everything else that i'm not choosing right now and what they don't realize is if they commit, it doesn't really matter what you commit to when you fully commit the things that you start to learn and develop, those skills are stackable and they go with you as you transition into new endeavors, right? New things that you move into. Like, yeah. cause like you said, like everything that you learned from rapping, right. You know, you learned how to put yourself out there. You learned how to make flyers, graphic design, audio, visual, all of that stuff led into the next chapter of your life. So it wasn't like it was wasted time at all. Yeah, they actually like it was a platform now for the next portion. For sure. And you know what? Like, I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead yet, but like from from the rap days to like what I'm doing now at Agent Investors, I do things every single day now that I learned doing music. I know how to do this microphone and setting all this up to talk to you. Like it's because I spent 10 years in rap studios, right? Like all of Ryan Zolan's like Instagram reels. Like I make all of them myself, you know, I edit them, I film them. Uh, you know, I, that's from rap music, like all of that, like knowing how to chop things up and giving it a flow. Like that's all from rap music, like graphic designing the fly the flyers and, and thing, things that you guys all see. Um, all that came directly from rap music, man. 
Dude, it's crazy, man. My my buddy and I, Keston, were talking about this the other day because Keston, he's a big investor, right? But he used to be a DJ, right? Yeah. And he likes hosting these like Zooms, right? And when he hosts these Zooms and he's like teaching people about real estate, you know, everyone just does like the boring kind of stuff. He comes in there with like music, his turntables and all that. Yeah. He's like, bro, like I'm mixing my old passion with my new passion and it's yeah. making this crazy collaboration yeah, and dude. he's like, I wish people would understand that as you move on in life, it doesn't mean you need to throw out everything that came before, right? You just take it and you evolve with it. Yeah, for sure. You don't have to put it away. Dude, I love that. So you're, you, meet, you meet the girl at the bar. Yeah. She gets you to realize like, hey, you know, maybe you want something. Hey, Jake, I think you want something different. You're like, oh, I think I, think I do want something different. I think different. you're right. <laughs> yeah. And you start to make that shift, right? You start to shift. So where did yeah. that shift take you? Like, where did you go after? Okay, so I'm not going to lie. That shift, like, got dark for a little bit. Like, uh, just like everything else, like, there's peaks and valleys. And, like, after rap music was a – it's very conflicting. To say, I, I'm being very careful about how I say this because, like, after rap music was, like, I got married and had a kid and got a career and, like, all of these – like, so it's not bad in any way. But, like, when you're doing music and you're like this person and then you're not this person anymore, like there was, there was this hard kind of pill to swallow of realizing like um, the future, I'm not going to be that in the future. I have to be kind of like a normal person in the future. So I actually, (laughs) um, and that, and, and this kind of leads me back to like how I kind of like pretend like I'm a little embarrassed from rap music is because in a way I little, I kind of am. So like I was so deep into rap music that like I, felt the need to fully withdraw for it from, from like five years. So I didn't tell a single person for like five years that I did music, that I had anything to do with it. Right. Like I got married, I had a kid, like I had a stint of like three years where I worked construction, right? Like literally hard hats, work boots, like just trying to like, cause like, I didn't like my, I was trying to be a rapper. So like, I didn't have a career path. I didn't go to college, you know? So I didn't know what I was going to do. So like all of a sudden one day I was like, all right, well, I'm trying to marry this chick. And like, this guy offered me 24 bucks an hour to go work on this. Construction <laughs> site. Like, all right, cool. Well, let's go do that for a while. And then like, you know, so there was a period where it was really hard. Like, so like on paper, I'm getting married and I had my kid and like, everything's going really great. But like inside I'm in turmoil because it's like, I was trying to be a rapper so I could be balling and making money and like traveling and doing all these things. And like, you know, now all of a sudden, like I'm wearing muddy work boots and a hard hat and like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I just knew that's not who I was. So like I had to go through this big grand experiment of like starting to just try things to figure out like who I even was. Right. And through that I found sales and, and you can imagine like being good with words um, and obviously doing this stuff. Like I, I kind of fell on the sales, like really, really easily. I guess you could kind of, I sales suited me very, very well. So that's like where the next progression went. I, you know what? I like that, right? And I like the the fact that there was a transition. And I, I, I want to highlight that, right? Because you, dude, you got great energy, by the way. Like you, you, you honestly, like, dude, like it vibrates off you so well. <laughs> and, you know, it could lead people to think like, man, like this guy just has perfect days all the time. He's just walking around all smiles. And I like that you brought it back to the place where it's real on, you know, like here you are chasing after your dream. You're really following your passion. You're waking up. Every day is exciting. Even the bad days are pretty good because you're at least doing what you love and then you find a new passion and you know like I ran into something like that similar as well I know there's a lot of folks that are listening that are across all ages right like at some point you realize you have this new desire right and this new thing that you want to cultivate in your life in your case it's your your now wife right you see this future and you're like crap like I need to build for this thing and what I was building over here I don't quite see how to connect yet And you start on this new path, this new journey. And logically it makes sense. But then like that internal turmoil, like I like what you said, man, like that internal, like you're just, it's at conflict. And this happens to a lot of people. And a lot of people think they're alone. They think they're the only one feeling this. Like they are literally convinced like everyone else is not going through this because everyone else walks around with a smile on their face and pretends it's not happening. Right. Right. But you actually acknowledged on the inside, like, not like this is miserable and like this isn't gonna work long term like this this can't work and like you said you started to transition and find a new skill set a new place for you to essentially it sounds like express 
kind of like some of your gifts and talents, right? Being able to communicate, being able to put video together. And that was sales for you. Yeah, for sure. It, it was absolutely sales for me just because I could just talk to people and it would kind of would just work itself out. Like I realized if I could just be nice to people, they would probably buy whatever I was selling, you know, <laughs> for real. So like I got into sales selling uh, newspaper ads, like in a small town, small town I grew up in, uh, you know, little tiny newspaper selling little like paper newspaper ads back in the day. Uh, and then that led to kind of like, I, I worked in radio for a little bit. And then uh, I worked at a TV station. I sold ads at that TV station. Um, eventually I realized like advertising is, is a, is a bad, it's a grind constantly, um, <laughs> especially in, in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Like, because these are small businesses in a small town um, and, and their budgets are very, very limited. You know what I mean? They're not trying to spend $19,000 on TV ads, you know, I mean, they need to, but they're not, they don't want to, you know? So it's just like, uh, okay, well, I really like sales, but how can, how can I make this even easier kind of? So, uh, this is going to be hilarious. I went from advertising sales to big tobacco. So I worked for the biggest tobacco company in the world for about three years as a territory manager, uh, as a sales territory manager. So I was, I was in charge for managing 136 gas stations, uh, nice. for the company that owns Newport and Camel cigarettes. Dude, that's a big company. That's a big change, especially like to be with working with a company of that size and scale coming from a small town, like that, yeah, I imagine that's gotta be just like a total different, like mindset shift in the sense of scale. Yeah, it was, it was. And I mean, this was a really a beautiful time for me because this is where like things started changing, where I started seeing myself as more of a professional, which is silly now. Cause I don't feel that way at all anymore. Like, you know, like we wear shorts and t-shirts, you know, like, you know how it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> so true. I used to wear suits back then. Like I don't wear suits. At all. I don't even own a suit right now, you know? Um, but like, what was cool was like, that opened me up to like big corporate, like what big corporate companies are like in, in how they train their employees. And it was awesome. Cause they would fly you all over the country for these huge training things. You'd go to Vegas every year. I had a brand new company car every 18 months. You get a company gas card. My wife could drive it on the weekends. Like it was awesome, man. It was great. It was cool in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, ultimately, uh, they do a really good job of like getting you to forget you work for tobacco. <laughs> and, and, and so, so like the perks for working for big tobacco are probably better than you even would think they're all, like the perks are amazing. Right. But then ultimately you get to a point where like you're in gas stations every day, talking to managers and like adjusting their sales volumes and things. And then you're like looking at the people that are buying your cigarettes and then you're like oh man like that guy looks kind of haggard and it's probably from these cigarettes you know so eventually you uh you feel bad enough and then people you know some people some people tend to move on from there other people just stay there for like their whole career and never leave but i was not one of those people (laughs) bro you know that's really cool right because like here's what like so far like this is what i'm catching there's like a trend with you which is you know you see something and then you're willing to jump in and experiment on the information, right? Like experiment with your life. I can see like, hey, how does this work out? And be self-reflective enough to notice, you know what, this is working or this isn't working, but you know from your own personal experience. Uh, I appreciate you saying that, man. Yeah, Um, sometimes that's been at my own detriment, you know, uh, (laughs) a little bit. And, you know, my my parents, uh, I think I've probably drove my parents crazy over the years because of my ability to be like, this isn't working what's next, you know, and, and the more you get used to that, the less scary it becomes and the quicker, like, you know, they say like hire fast, fire fast. Like I'll do that to myself just as fast as anyone else. Like, yo, this isn't working. I don't like these vibes. Like, yo, they told me I was going to make this kind of money, but these guys have been here for nine years and they ain't making any money. Like I'm out, you know? So it's like, it was a little bit of my own detriment, but ultimately it, 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 it sped ahead my life faster than had I not learned that skill set. See, all right, so we got to we gotta hang out and talk about that for a second because I literally had a phone call yesterday. A friend of mine, great friend, calls me and he's like super stressed out because he's just like in this job that he absolutely hates. And like we talked through it. I was like, listen, what are they paying you right now? Is it enough to cover your bills? Is it like below? Is it like in the middle? He's like, well, it's literally just enough to break even. I asked, do you see potential? Is there any potential to earn more with this position? He's like, no. So I'm like, so you're living paycheck to paycheck with a job you hate that doesn't have any potential to grow. Mm -hmm. Are we looking at the same thing? 
It's like you're in a relationship with a girl who you hate and she hates you and it never looks like it's going to get better. Do you stay in that relationship? Like it's scary and things will probably get worse right away, you know, but eventually you will find the next thing. And, you know, it's like to fight off that idea of it's job security, right? It's Mm -hmm. actually insecurity Yeah. because if anything does rattle and shake, you've never learned how to pivot, right? Mm -hmm. And pivoting is a crucial part of what we do now as an entrepreneur, as a rapper, as you understand this pivoting is so crucial so that I'm sure your parents, like you said, they're freaking out, but you on the inside, you're learning each time. And maybe it's in hindsight that it came to you, but you were learning how to pivot. And like you said, those pivots get faster and faster and faster. And ultimately you do start to fall into alignment much sooner. Yeah. You know, I think there's just something about the way the universe works where it like, it it knows where you're supposed to go. Like you're not really supposed to question it, man. You know what I mean? Like you get to a place where it's just like, whatever, man, like what, like everything that's happened so far, even when it felt like it was a disaster, it's all been cool. So it's like, who who cares? Like, let's do it, man. You know what I mean? Like, bro, I, I love that, man, because it's, it's something I wish like more people like, tapped in and understood and like again this is like when i say like i navigate a room by frequency and like this is why like you stood out to me like your energy is like some people just like get it and you can tell they're living by a certain energy and it's that ability to be structured and go with the flow at the same time right like hey i have a destination that i would like to get to however how i get there i'm gonna go with the natural flow of what feels like it'll pull me to that place Yeah, yeah yeah right i'm with you man Bro, that's insane. So you start realizing tobacco, big tobacco is not the flow. At some yeah. point, you're just like, oh, man, like, I kind of feel like I'm a part of this mess. You know, where where do you start going from there? Uh, okay, so I'm going to be very honest about this next part. Uh-oh. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I, I for <laughs> it's terrible. I force big back tobacco to fire me uh, because the way that their corporate structure works is I know you could like just do terribly for a whole year and they'll just keep, they can only fire you. They can only fire people during a two week period once a year. And I, and I knew that. So like, I kind of like, this is where video really came into my life. Cause at this point, like Casey Neistat was really, really big. It was when he was doing his daily vlogs and like, he was huge. Right. Yep. And just like everything else in my life. It was just like, Oh, I started watching these and then I started watching all of them. And then it was like, this is cool. It makes me feel good. How do I do this? Like, that's just the story of my life. This is cool. It makes me feel good. How do I get in on this? Right. So I went to Walmart and I bought a $200 GoPro and I started making vlogs. Right. And this was, this was during that last year at Big Tobacco. So like, instead of like focusing on that career growth, I was like, nah, I'm just going to ride it out and kind of coast for a year and then do some other stuff during that year. So that way, when they do fire me, like I, I got a plan a little bit, right? So, <laughs> just uh, saddling your horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just like, and this is like the opposite of rap music. So like, I literally would started making videos with nothing, not having any idea how to do, but like, I would just film like mass content and then dump it in and chop it up. But what the beauty of that is the first time I ever did that, I put in like a GoPro clip that was like 12 minutes long. It's like, all right, I got to chop this up. So unlike rap music, I was able to Google it or uh, to YouTube it now. Okay. How do you cut? How do you paste? How do you add words to the video? <laughs> like, how do you do every little tiny thing? Right. And that's literally how I learned, how I learned it step-by-step. Step. And, and over that time period, I started making these videos and they would get better and better and better. And then um, right around the time where the tobacco company did in fact expire, let's say, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of, I, I was ready to go with videos. So like, I just started making videos of, of that little town and interviewing business owners. This was the time I started doing podcasts for the first time. Um, and, and I, and I got a, I had fun with it. And the cool part about it was that first time I took that video and I took that lump chop of video and I chopped it all up. I realized immediately the way that you kind of take clips and piece them together, it feels the same way as when you record music and mm. make beats and piece those things together. Like it felt like the workflow was exactly the same. And I realized that's what I was like. I had an epiphany, like literally sitting at my kitchen table, like, oh, my God, this is what I've been missing. Right. Um, and, and it truly was because I had gone these five years pretending like I never did music and my favorite thing in the world was to do music. Like it wasn't about doing the shows or like making money. It was about 
the actual physical process of making the music is what I like the most. So all of a sudden video came into play and I got that feeling back. So I just became completely obsessed with it at that point. And, and it was really, really fun. You know, I was making these videos of my town. I would always feature like well-known areas of the town and then people in that town, they loved it because nobody was ever a YouTuber in the town before. So like they would watch it and the views got really big, really quick. And it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then that really is what brings me to my next transition is how do I get from small town to Arizona? And literally video is what did that. Um, making those little videos of, of me just doing stuff in that town. Uh, one of my old friends from high school lived in Arizona. He ran his dad's company <laughs> and uh, he hit me up one day. It was like, Hey, like you're obviously great at marketing. I see what you're doing with video. I need a director of marketing. Do you want to move to Arizona and do that? And I said, yes. I do yeah. want to do that. <laughs> yes. And, and like literally like three months later, I lived in Arizona. I know you're enjoying the episode, but you all asked for it and it's finally here. We finally created a space for us to come together every day and have these kinds of conversations. Not just be a fly on the wall and listen, but actually be in the room talking to one another, throwing ideas back and forth about mindset, business, entrepreneurship, growth, the books we're reading, the conferences we're going to, the conferences we're hosting, everything under the sun that has to do with entrepreneurship. You name it, we're talking about it. That's right, MorningMindsetCoffee.com. Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, we're getting together with entrepreneurs from all over the world so that we can grow together. You heard it a million times over. Your network is your net worth. So for $1, you can get into a room that will change your life. What are you waiting for? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Now back to the episode. Let's go. Like I freaking love that, right? Because Thanks, it came back to like striking in on that passion and finding out. That's one of the things, man. Like, have you seen this in your life? Like, have you had friends that you notice they know what they like, they know what they love, but it's almost like they won't admit it to themselves? Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, because it's it's tough, and like I like I'm not hating on them because like I've had the same things, like. I literally tell people like one of the toughest things I've ever had to do was admit to myself. I want what I want. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yep. So yep. the fact that you like, you start finding this passion again and it starts waking up and then somehow like the doors start opening again. Yeah. Like the doors only open for those that start chasing out, like that are brave enough to start chasing after Facts. and just Facts, committing. Bro. Yeah. For real. So you now are making the transition, by the way, how was, so you, when you're making the transition at this point, you're married, right? Cause you're, you're white, you were working with tobacco, right? You've got like a pretty cushy job. And then you're like, hey, I want to go into making videos. You know, it's fun. And my buddy invited me out to Arizona to do this. Like, how was she with that relocation, man? Um, uh, 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 so, <laughs> uh, okay, so I made it sound like it was three months. Like I could have taken that job just as a salesperson like a year before. So the idea that we could up and move to Phoenix kind of was there for a while. And it would be something I would just like say, hey, uh, should we move to Arizona? Like it's working out pretty good for our friends. And she'd be like, no, I'm never moving to Arizona. Like <laughs> we're from Michigan. Like why would we move to Arizona? Uh, and ultimately like over the course of a year that conversation changed you know and then it went from like you can move to arizona and just be like a sales guy to being like the director of marketing it's like okay well that's a different thing um so like she was she ended up being really cool about it like i'm very blessed with my wife because like she's been with me like we've been together for like almost 12 years now so like she was with me like she met me in the middle of like rapper jake right well like the middle of the end like in the middle of the last, the third act, let's say <laughs> that's when she met me. So like, I was very much rapper Jake when she met me. So she's known me through every transition, right? She's been there every step of the way. So from rapper to video guy, to big tobacco, to wearing khakis every day, to like being the construction guy now to like all of these different things. She's, she, I don't know how she's done it, but she's navigated all of them with me. She's been nothing but supportive. If I have an idea, she says, yes, do it we'll figure it out, you know? So it's just like, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have her being that cool. I would not literally not have been able to do any of this. And it's like a lot of this time, like, I don't even really believe in myself all of that much, but it's like her being so willing to support 
the crazy things that I do sometimes like gives me that extra kick of like the energy that I need to make it happen then. So like, I'm, I'm very blessed uh, when it comes to like her ability to transform with me and it's awesome. So now that we're, we've been doing this for so long, like her ability to mold and adapt, like has she, she's acquired that just the same as me now, you know? Bro, I love that. And that makes me want to ask the question. Like, and I want to ask this question to get some like clarity for some people, okay. right? Is it possible, like from, based off of your own personal experience, do you see that it's possible to take that leap of faith that everyone always talks about, like jumping off that cliff, even when you don't necessarily believe fully in yourself yet, but borrowing someone else's faith in yourself? Yeah. In you? Sometimes that's all you have, man. Like sometimes <laughs> that's all you have. Like, you know, a lot of these things sound cool that I'm telling you about, but like me, like my self-consciousness in my brain, they're all failures. Like I failed at everything I've ever done. Right. Asian investors is like the only thing I haven't failed at. And that sounds crazy considering the things that I've done, but that's like my own like weird insecurity. That's how I look at it. Like, like these things didn't make me rich. So I like, I'm, I failed like, and I know that's not the case, but that's how I felt. So if it wasn't for her, trusting me and believing in me i wouldn't have had like that was all i had to hold on to you know a lot of the time i i freaking love that man because that's like and that's probably like a whole nother conversation we get to jump into one day which is like how do we measure success and wealth like what are the parameters around which we do that and sometimes like we really do need to have the right people in our corner the right people in our court like i call it the campfire effect we need to be standing at the proper campfire with the right people Because we don't always see clearly for ourselves what's actually going on, but sometimes the people around us, they can point it out for us. So it's our job to, you know, choose that counsel wisely, right? Choose our partners wisely, choose our friends wisely, choose like our connections wisely. And, you know, that's something like, that sounds like you have with her. She sounds freaking awesome. So you guys come out to Arizona, right? You, you relocate entirely coming into a big city, which is a big difference, like getting out into like Phoenix versus like a town of 600, 6,000, like that's couldn't be more different. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that transition? Like, like, as you got here, like, how did that feel? Well, honestly, it was, oh, I was gonna say it's terrible. And it was terrible. <laughs> it felt great, but it was terrible at the same time. Like, um, um, so like driving, like, I just like stared at the palm trees in the mountains for like the first like six months I lived here. Like, those are actually like, now I don't even see the palm trees anymore, <laughs> but like, for, I remember very clearly for that first year, I was like, damn, I live somewhere where there are palm trees. This is awesome. You know, when you live at the top of the country, like palm trees are a big deal. Right. So like, <laughs> that was, that was cool for me. And it's like, it was amazing. Like driving up to Camelback and like seeing the right. mansions on the mountains for the first time. Right. Um, that was like the first time I was really exposed to some, some of these ideas of like driving through paradise Valley and in every every direction, there are houses that are a million dollars or more. And it's like, how are there this many where I grew up? People don't have million dollars. Like there are no people with million dollar houses. Like there are no million dollar houses where I grew up. Right. So like to see $5,000 million houses from, from Camelback mountain, that's really what started my transition of like, what do all of these people know that I don't? Because all of these people like don't have some magical gift, right? They just like, what do they know? So like, that's really, that really started to change everything for me. But like, at the same time, I moved here and like the first year I lived in Arizona, I made like 37,000 the first year. I had a wife, I had a kid that was three at the time. So like financially and like black and white, like it was the first like two or three years first two years here were terrible like financially (laughs) financially terrible right but because they got so dark that's where I started researching real estate and wholesale and and that is what opened the gates to learning about real estate which ultimately led to where I'm at literally right right now like I'm in I'm in a building right now that some people would beat each other up to be in you know what I mean dude that's insane so it's funny right because like I always like emphasize this, right? Your, our lowest moments, yeah. right? Like our darkest moments, those are actually the moments that start to create the opportunities for the next evolution, for right? And I always say like, this is something I say, and like, you can tell me if you agree that the road to success and the road to failure are in fact the exact same road. Yeah. The only difference is the road to failure meant you stopped before you got to your destination. Yeah. Right. But it's the same road. Like you just got to keep going. 
Yep. So you found yourself out here. Things got tough. Things got hard. I mean, 37,000 with like a wife and a child, like that is, oh my gosh, like that's tough. That's rough, especially out here. And I was paying like $1,800 a month for a two bedroom apartment also. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, so that is like just essentially there's no money. There's more month at the yeah. end of the month. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't great, but we had a lot of fun. You know what I mean? We got very industrious. We got very creative with the little bit of money we had. We learned how to take advantage of everything there is to do in this city for families that doesn't cost any money. We got really, really good at that. And now like we can kind of do whatever we want. Uh, and, but we still don't ball out. Like it's like, we're still just going to parks and like, you know, um, going to like family days at the Diamondback games and like, you know, uh, it still benefits us now in some way. So let me ask you this, right? And like, this is like a serious question for like people that are like, maybe like in that same position right now, where it's just like, you're at the place where it's like, all right, financially, like it hasn't turned on yet, right? It's just like the financial faucet hasn't turned on. Like it's a struggle. Where's your mind at? Like, where's your mindset at during that time? Like, is Uh, it like, you know, let me just go back to Michigan. Like, screw this. Like, oh, bro. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, dude. I, uh, we almost moved back to Michigan once every year we lived here. We've been here five years now. Like (laughs) a year ago, we were just like, Hey, this is all right. But like, you know, we could probably make the same amount of money. It'd go a lot further in Milwaukee, (laughs) you know? That's my market, bro. That's where I buy houses. <laughs> uh, dude, I got people. Uh, we'll talk about this afterwards. I got yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just put in three offers in Kenosha this week. Oh, um, get out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Anyways, uh, two. I take it back. Two. One didn't work. But uh, dude, so like, yeah, like the first five years, like every year we had a moment where it's just like, is this worth it? And you know what? Every year it keeps getting more and more worth it. Now we're at a place where it's just like, we can't ever go back. Like, you know, who we've become is so important that who we are now couldn't handle living there. Like who we are now, like we'd be shunned there because our mindset is so big that like, and I don't mean small tone people have little mindsets, but like when you've never left there, you see the world differently from like those people haven't seen $5,000 million homes in paradise Valley. You know, they haven't seen, 12 million dollar houses on the side of hanging off the side of mountains really like i have you know so it's just like the mindset we have has grown to the place where like we couldn't go back to that place well you know what jake you're tapping in on something that's really like crazy important which is like you got this exposure right and it wasn't just like a you know a visual exposure like you got this proximal exposure like you actually physically were there you're you're seeing it you're touching it you're breathing it you're realizing it's real And that sort of exposure, like once the mind expands, it can't go back. Right. And I like, I appreciate what you say there because there are people that think about it all the time. They think about like maybe wanting to go out and maybe then they're not sure what will happen. Right. They're not sure. They're afraid of getting hurt. And you just said like, I like, um, that's why I'm highlighting it. Cause I want people to recognize like, you're like, no, 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 no. You're afraid of getting hurt. You absolutely will get hurt. Like you're gonna fucking <laughs> like you're gonna slide down this mountain face you're first. You're definitely gonna get hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah. like after you're done and you stand back up, you're stronger for it. Like you, yeah, it's always worth it if you're willing to see it through. And yeah. it's something that has to be experienced. Like it's you know, as much as like we could talk to a blue in the face about it, yeah. until someone gets an experiment in their own personal life, like it won't quite make sense. Yeah, you know, for real. Yep. So let me ask, right, as you came out here now, you, you're starting to get this exposure, you're starting to see all the stuff, your mind is literally like getting blown. And I felt the same way when I went to Paradise Valley, I was like, I called my mom, I was like, mom, they got houses built into the mountain. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what the heck is this? It was insane. Yeah. Insane. And, you know, like, being around different people has ultimately like changed the way I view things, right? So for yourself, like, you got to spend some time with a lot of different people being out here. You're exposed to a lot of different real estate investors. You've been exposed to guys like Dean and Tony. You've just been exposed to a lot. Like how has proximity to these different people, how has it changed you and changed your life? It's everything, man. Like, honestly, it's, it's literally everything all the way back to, the small towns, like in those small towns, I gravitated towards the successful businessmen, right? Um, and those guys would give me ideas that would take me to the next step, right? And then in that next step, I'd meet other guys that were at a different level and they would plant ideas into my mind that I would take forward into the future. And now, like you said, you know, 
when I first moved here, I kind of had the same experience as you, you know, you roll up on that mountain on the South side of Camelback. I remember I literally just pulled my car over and I got out and I just stood there and I looked at it like, Oh my, like, this is crazy, crazy. Right. But like fast forward, like three years, like I've been in some of those houses now. Right. So it's just like that proximity is very real because like, once you start meeting the people that live in those houses and like going into them and like seeing what's inside of them and sometimes realizing that the people that live in those houses are regular dudes like me and you like that, that's probably the number one thing is like a lot of, like I worked with one-on-one with Dean Graziosi every day for 18 months. I would get to his office. And the first thing every single morning that we did was me and him would sit across from his desk Every morning I would sit across from his desk, me and him alone in his office and go over like what we were doing that day or what our tasks were for the week. Literally every day for a year and a half, me and Dean Graziosi basically one-on-one, right? Um, And the number one thing I took away from that is he is a regular dude. Like um, even now I've been away. I saw him in Vegas and like we met him like in the back room and like I hadn't seen him in like a year and a half. I was like, oh, man, that's Dean Graziosi. And like I approached him like that kind of. And like I was like, hey, Dean, do you remember me? And he's like, Jake, you sat at my desk every day for a year and a half. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I was so embarrassed to say I said that. <laughs> I was like, I know, but you're Dean, man. Like, um, but like he's just a regular dude. So it's just like the biggest thing uh, where I'm at in my life now is like hanging out with these investors, you know, I'm with Ryan every day you know um all of the people that i get to know because i'm with ryan every day like these people that like you see them on the internet and they're ballers like people driving lambos and like you know doing this wearing seventy five thousand dollar rolexes like uh i had breakfast in vegas and there must have been like 300k in watches <laughs> at the table like literally like I, very, I mean that very much um and it's just like these people are just bro like they're bros kind of like they're just uh, they're regular people and it's just like okay all they did was the same thing that i'm doing it's like you think that your journey is like this and it's it's like this you know what i mean and it's just like these people realize that and like the sooner you realize that the sooner like you can start making adjustments to become one of them bro i i love that right and like i'm so happy to hear you say that because that's one of the things that like i think everyone needs like you only figure that out for yourself when you actually get that proximity where you're like oh my gosh like this guy this girl feels just like me like, yeah. i can feel it off of them like they're just a normal normal person yep right? and then you realize oh they can do it i can do it like any of us can do it and in fact i'm in the middle of doing it right now we're all in yeah. the middle of doing it right now but that only comes if you actually take that leap if you actually go out there and go put yourself in those rooms where it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Or where it's like, you feel like you might potentially be embarrassed by raising your hand and saying something like, is this going to sound stupid? Perfect. That the, say that, say that thing. Like right. it takes us so far. So I, yeah. I love that, man. Like, I love the fact that you share that story, dude, because what's cool is you see yourself as like a normal person, right? And you are normal person. we're all normal people. However, there's someone that's looking at you and they're like, dang, Jake is freaking like killing it. And like, they would be so afraid to come and approach you. And you're just like, no, like, come talk to me. Come ask me like, hi, like talk to me. Yeah. That, that's the craziest thing ever to me, actually. Um, because for real, it's just like, I will literally tell you anything about that. I know, like if anyone came to me, it was like, Jake, what do you know about this? And it's, I might not be much, but here's what I got. Like, you know what I mean? That's what it's all about. And that's, that's where it's always been for me. And that's what I'm most excited about for the future is like all of these times there has been somebody like that has been at a higher statue of me that like, I wasn't prepared to like just go and talk to because of their higher statue. Now I'm at a place where I realize that like everyone is just normal people. And like, you can literally just go say what's up to anybody. (laughs) Like it's cool. Uh, And like, I'm very focused on like making sure that I'm always like that too. You know what I mean? Bro, I, I freaking love that. So, you know, I want to tap into, you know, really quickly too, what's going on with Agent Investor? Because like, you're clearly someone that follows passion, right? Yeah. So it's just like anything that you get behind, it's a passion project. I feel like yeah. at least that's, that's the feel I get from you, you know? And like yeah. with what I've seen you've been doing with Agent Investor, I've been seeing how you've been getting vocal on social media and how you guys have been growing it. Like I've seen, like when I came out to Arizona, Ryan's event was actually one of the first events I stopped at. And I was just like, yo, this kid, 
has got some like really dope energy too. Like he's got some good vibes. Like I did not know of him before getting to Arizona. Okay. Gotcha. So it's like, what, what's going on with that with Asian investor for you? Dude, Asian investors is growing out of control. Like um, it's better than I could have ever imagined. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, Everything is going perfectly. Uh, I think it's divine in a way. I think it's uh, the kind of the culmination of every single thing that I've ever done. Um, You know, me and my, one of my best friends lives out here too, from Michigan. Uh, We graduated high school together and we were talking a few weeks ago and he's just like, bro, like, we talked about all of the failures, all of the jobs, all of the businesses that didn't work out. Right. Like I started a t-shirt company like four years ago that I worked on for like two months and then just was like, I'm done with this. But then agent investors <laughs> needed merch. And I'm like, well, I know how to make merch. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like everything, the videos, the Instagrams, like, like the course, like I filmed every video of Ryan, like myself, I edited them all myself. I built the landing pages and the websites and the email market. Like literally I built it all myself with my bare hands. So yes. it's like Asian investors is literally, it's a passion project more than I can ever explain, but it's like my baby in a way too. Like, I know it's It's like Ryan's thing, but like the back end of it all is like, it's, it, it means so much. It's, it means so, it's like a child to me, man. Like literally. So like uh, Asian investors teaching people how to do deals off of the MLS, working with real estate agents, no money out of pocket. Like I'm fascinated with the fact that you can literally just call a real estate agent, tell them what you're looking for and they'll go hunt it. They're really good at finding these kind of things. It's literally their job. They bring them back to you. You analyze it. You tell them yes or no. If it's a yes, they do the paperwork. It's... <laughs> It, it, it's the best thing in the world. I love it so much. Like I'm not even a real, I just told you my whole story and nowhere in there. <laughs> did I say I do wholesale deals? Am I an investor? <laughs> nowhere. Like, but me and Ryan built agent investors. I filmed every video I edited. It. So like the course I, I could probably state for you word for word. You know, I take all, all the, when people go to our website and want to do a call, cause they want more information. I take every single phone call myself. Like, let's um, go. So it's just like, besides Ryan, I have every bit of information trapped in my head. And when you have, just like everything we've been talked about, when information gets in your head, you, you're, you're forced to use it. Right. So that's where I'm at now. It's just like, things keep happening. And I'm like, Oh, well, why am I not doing deals? And like, I have a friend that's a real estate agent in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Why don't I just call her and tell her what I'm looking for and let her go find it. And I did that. And like, she brings me back like five deals the first day. And I'm like, well, these three are deals. One of them didn't work out yesterday. We put in two offers and I'm like, I'm not a real estate. Like I'm not an investor. I'm not a wholesaler. Like I might seem like that because of the crew I run with, but like, I'm a marketing guy, right? I'm a communication guy. I'm a sales guy, but like just being exposed to this, you just see like, yo, just do the stuff and like, it'll Bro. work. Right. Just Bro. do the stuff. I love this man. Cause like you're tapping on something so crucial, which is like, you're showing up authentic, right? You're showing up. Like so many people get into a new room and they try to change to fit the room. It's like, yo, yeah. be you in the room and let the room add to you and you add to the room, but don't, you're not really adding value. If you just so, like, just totally try to assimilate into the room and kill off yourself. Yeah. I, like- yeah. I don't, I don't pretend to be anything. I'm not, I don't pretend to know anything. So what's, what I love about where we're at, like Ryan's team in our office, um, he has three acquisitions guys and they're all under the age of 24, like a year ago, year and a half ago, none of them had anything to do with real estate in the last three months, they've done 1.4 million in assignment fees. <laughs> and, and, like they're young bucks. Like they're so young. Like I'm 36. Like I'm a grandpa in the office. Like, (laughs) like I'm so old in the office, but like today, like, because I'm starting to do deals now, there's a lot I don't know. So like literally, literally on the other side of this wall are all of Ryan's acquisitions guys. When we get off of this call, I'm going over there and they're going to teach me how to do comps. Cause I literally don't even know how to comp a property. I don't know. So I'm going to go sit with some under 24 year olds and they're going to show me how to do it. Cause they know how to do it. And I don't, you know what I mean? So it's like, even now, even now, like there's no, there's no ego, you know, it's, I'm not even saying I'm humble. It's just like, they have the information that I don't have. So like, I got to go get it. You know what I mean? Bro. I love that. And like, and that's the power of getting into the right rooms. Like that's the power, power of like aligning yourself with the right people. And of course it's like, literally dude, like it's, you show up authentic. Like people could sniff it out of you. Like when you're showing up and like you're inauthentic, like you show up so real where it's like, 
you're going to be welcomed into a room. And if you're not welcomed into a room, that's a blessing. Like that's divine intervention. Like that's right. you're not meant to be in the room. If you're not being welcomed into it and you're showing yeah. up authentic, that's a room. Trust me. You don't even want to be in. Right. And you yeah. get this. Yeah. You know, like, um, I don't really, I've never really said this to anyone, but like, I have this weird, like, I feel like myself, like an energy barometer in a way. Like, I feel like I could just read energy. Like, and this is what you're talking about. When you go into a room, like, you know, if you're supposed to be there or not. And like, you know, like, you know, like you go into a room and you're like, I need to talk to that guy, but like, he hasn't said anything. Like I just, I've always had like, and I know you have it too. Like I've had this uncanny ability to like, just feel energy and like, just let it guide me. Dude, I call it following the warm feeling because I get like, it's no joke. It's like a little warm feeling like in my tummy. (laughs) It'll start to like, like, if I'm quiet enough, it'll direct me like a compass. And I'm just like, all right, like I got to go over there. Like, I don't know why, but I love it so much. Everyone's telling me go that way. Yeah, for real, man. So, I mean, it's the gist of everything, man. It's just, it, you just, just let it guide you, you know? And that's why we're here, you know? So kind of bring it back to agent investors. I mean, like we've, scaled faster we've done in our first two months we launched the course april 1st you know and what we've done in our first two not even two months our first like five and a half weeks like if we would have done that for the first year i would have been happy so like uh, like literally like we set our goals before we launched and it was like what we were talking about like hey if we're here by the end of summer we're in great shape like we did that in the first 48 hours like literally like our 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 six months goal we did in four less than 48 hours That's a a testament. Honestly, that's a testament to the foundation that's been built. That's a testament to the team and the people that are running this, that are running the show. You know, that's a testament to the work that you've done, to the work that Ryan's done that because people at the end of the day, and you know, this from sales, like we, we buy based off of, you know, that feeling, right? Like it's the guarantee, it's the value, right? And values are ultimately like the promises that people make to us. Mm -hmm. And you guys make a promise and then you back that promise up. Right. Yeah. And like, that's what I, I freaking love. Like, that's why, like, I'm in like full support. Like I was rocking my agent investor shirt yesterday. Matter of fact. Love it, man. Thank you. Thank you. We've been seeing them, you know, when people wear them and they're on their Instagram and stuff, like uh, we got to get better at commenting, but we, we'd be seeing them when people be wearing them. The team is always sharing it. Like, yo, this guy's wearing an AI shirt. Like we love it, man. We love it so much. We love Dude, it so it's, much. It's freaking rad. So yo, I want to be respectful of your time, man. Um, good, man. You know, I like to always wrap these shows up with about, two questions right okay two questions that are like some of my favorites right so one i'm a big big reader like i'm always like digging into a book books are like kind of like that's what gave me my first bit of exposure into thinking bigger right okay. it was a teleportation device into like another world and it's just it, they've changed my life so for you have you picked up any books over the years that were just total paradigm shifts i mean like you read it once and like your mind just never quite went back to being the same. Uh, yes. Okay. So number one, and I don't know the name of the book, so uh, <laughs> don't judge me for that. Uh, first of all, anything by Brendan Bouchard, like out of the book, like I, I'm obsessed with, he has a book. It's a little black book. I think it has gold writing on it. I can't remember what it's called, but like when I worked for Dean, we had a pot, he had a pot, he had like cases of them for some reason. I think he partnered with Brendan on something. And like, I got my hands on like nine of them one day. And like, I went on vacation to Wisconsin. I was like, just giving them to my little cousins. I was like, yo, you got, you need to read this, you know? So like anything by Brendan Bouchard, if you could find the little black book with like the gold writing on the front, like that one, it's thin, it's real small. It's, but it's, that I, I I can't believe I can't think of it because I've, like that is a game changer for that's me. That's funny. I literally use this high performance planner. Like this nice. is Brendan Brassad. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, so great one by him. Uh the underdog effect by Dean Graziosi, another great one. Not just because I work for him, but like um be coming from a small town, like this whole story that we've talked about on this podcast, like it sounds really cool now, but like uh, most of it has sucked, honestly, like it's been frustrating and stressful, uh, you know, I've cried a bunch of times, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it was, it's been hard, really, really hard. And it's always more hard. And it's just like the underdog effect teaches you how to like, you feel like I felt disadvantaged because I grew up in this small town. Like, yo, like there are people in Scottsdale, who grow up in mansions like driving porsches like and they don't know anything other than that like i don't i didn't know any of that like so like i always felt disadvantaged because of where i grew up but like the underdog advantage like literally my whole story is is an underdog advantage it's like 
I didn't have any pathways to get the things that I want. So I literally had to just make them all up. And that's what I've done, man. So like, that's a great book to like, kind of reformulate your mindset. Bro, I, I love that. And you're absolutely right, right? Where sometimes like people think having more resources is going to be a good thing for them, yeah. but it kills off resourcefulness. Yeah. And that's what you're forced to develop when you are coming from less. Like, so yeah. it's like, you know, it's all about how we frame it. You know, I yep. love that you frame it. And like, I'm the underdog effect. I'm definitely getting that yeah. book. That one's going to get added to the library, bro. It's a good one. All right. So uh, I'm going to give you one more. And this is, is I saved Let's this one go. for last on purpose. This is easily my number my number one. I write these down. All right. Uh, Neville Goddard. Are you familiar with Neville? Bro. Okay. I freaking love, like no one else ever like mentions him, man. Yeah. Okay. So the feeling is the way. Is the I, I knew you were going to say that book, bro. <laughs> it's such a good. Yeah. I need to listen to that. You book. know, the energy you talked about the day we met, like yep. that's, that's, that's it, man. Like the, bro. this is going to sound crazy for anyone who doesn't know his concept. So I I'm telling you, if you're into energy and in manifestation, read this book specifically It's from like 1913. Um, and the way that he talks about when you go to sleep at night to literally put yourself in that position and imagine what you want, feel it, smell the smells, the feeling, you know, we have all been told this thing about manifestation that you have to like, feel like it's actually happening, but the way that Neville does it right before you fall asleep uh, to me is the most powerful thing out of any of these kind of self-help books that there is. So like that, that's number one for me all day. Dude, that book, when I, the first time I listened to it, like I just remembered like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. You know, the mm-hmm. way he broke it down, he's like, dude, every night you go to sleep and like, you have a meeting. Like you basically, like, yeah. you basically yes. go and meet God every single night. And yeah. You just don't remember it. Like you're talking to universe every single night. Yep. And, like how you show, like, how do you want to show up? If you don't prepare for that meeting, you're just going to show up with all the grime and dirt from the day and just ask for the same garbage you already asked for. Yeah. And I was just like, holy cow, that makes a massive massive difference and then you realize it falls in line with like the things that we learned in like napoleon hills thinking grow rich yep right you know before you go to bed each night read your desire when you yep. wake up in the morning read it again immediately so it's the mm-hmm. first and last thing it sandwiches your day dude that's awesome man i love that <laughs> i just got like that. i just geeked out a little bit <laughs> good man. So, excellent so let me ask you this question this is one of my favorite questions and one day i will in fact put a book together like i'm manifesting that right now so you quote it i'm going to put a book together on the answers from this okay. because people have given some really cool answers so i want you jake to imagine that tomorrow you wake up and as you start to blink your eyes into consciousness you realize you don't know anything like you don't remember anything. You don't remember your name. You don't remember your friends. You don't remember the experiences. You don't remember videography, any of the skills, relationships you've built. Like I'm talking, you are a total blank slate. Now you're not freaking out. It's not a Saw movie. You're not scared for your life or anything like that. You know, you're just peacefully getting up. And as you open your eyes, a thought comes to you, right? And this thought, when it arrives to you, you don't question it, right? You just accept it fully as truth, 1,000%. There is no doubt. You just, it's good. It's locked in there. And this thought is now the foundation of essentially everything else to come. What would you ideally like this first thought to be? The other people will help you. Mm. Because if you don't know anything and you have no way to do anything you don't know how to do anything you don't remember how to do the things that made you money how to exist like if everyone else remembers that all you got to in the words of the great brent daniels uh, all you have to do is talk to people yo let's go it's so true i love that man that is a testament like that's right there like that shows me like at your core you are approachable and you know how to ask for help and you know how to give help which is amazing and that's a skill in and of itself appreciate it bro Jake, I had a lot of fun with this episode. So I want to know for people that are like, dang, this dude, Jake's got some good energy. I really like him. I want to get connected to him. How can they go and find you? Like, where should they go to connect with you? Uh, anywhere on the internet, uh, mostly Instagram, 99% of the time it's Instagram, but I'm on the internet, you know, uh, just my name, Jake Serini, J-A-K-E-S-Y-R-E-I-N-I. Uh, I know I should simplify that, but 
it was available <laughs> no worries and what uh, i'm gonna do is i'm gonna drop that in the description below so for anyone that's like this needs to make it super simple super easy just scroll down and click jake's name and yep. you'll be able to follow him on ig yep absolutely um and then agentinvestors.com it's the website uh if you want to know what we're doing with mls deals uh either check that out or hit up uh ryan zolan's instagram of course yo and i highly recommend if anyone's like contemplating getting into wholesaling real estate this is literally the cheat code. I've done a few deals with investor with agents and they have been the, some of the easiest deals I've ever done. Yeah, yep. Like so much to the point where I'm actually like trying to figure out why it's not my entire business model. Like sometimes it's silly. Like we know exactly what works perfectly. And like, we like, I'm literally doing a deal with it. I was on the phone with an agent literally this morning, bro. Like, so Love it. Love it. I would check them out. If you have no idea what that is, you need to go take a look at it immediately so that link's going to be below as well agent investor go check it out it is a passion project they poured their heart and soul into it and what's amazing is it works it works ridiculously freaking well so much so that they're actually influencing other investors who have been in the game veterans in the game to begin changing their business model that's how revolutionary this is right now so check it out you heard it first here or hopefully you heard it somewhere else Jake, dude, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. Appreciate I appreciate that. you giving your time and energy to the crowd. And I want to let everyone know if they got any value to go and share this and to go plug in, reach out to Jake, send him a DM, let him know what your biggest takeaway was, because that's the only way we know sometimes that you even heard this, that it resonated with you. So go let him know what your favorite takeaway was from this episode. Jake, I appreciate you, bro. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. I'll, uh, I'll see you at the event this weekend. Yes, sir. All right. fun. Later, man. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.